Jesus. One took over the line. Sitting in the radio station. No, we're not. We are NH Unscripted. I am your one toke over the line loving radio host, Ray Dudley. Happy to be here. Happy, happy to be here. We are coming to you from the Hindenburg-like digs of the WKXL studios in 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Those are Concord-based. 101.9 FM for all you beautiful folks in Manchester. And for all the kids who can only go by URLs, you can find us at www.nhtalkradio.com. <laughs> NH Unscripted can be heard every Wednesday and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Yeah, that's early, but hey, what time did they give out the jello at the home? I'm up for that. In studio with me today, before I get to my uh, sponsor, is Glenn Provost, correct? Provo, but yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good to have you. Glenn, hang on. I have to thank my sponsor. That is Lakes Region Fence in Guilford. They have a website called lrfence.com where you can go out. Now, listen to me. You can go out there. There's a little button. If you are thinking about getting a fence, a fence, you can get a free estimate. You know what's better than me getting my senior discount at Dunkin's? Is anything free? I'll take anything free. And if you're thinking of getting a fence, head on out, lrfence.com. Press the little button. Sign up for your free estimate. I was with Matt the other day, and I'm going to be honest with you, those are busy folks. Busy, busy, busy. Last time I talked to them, I think they were booking six to eight weeks out. Now's November, so I'm guessing they're probably booking for springtime. Yeah. Do it. You need a pool fence? Come on. You need a horse corral? You need commercial line property? What do you need? Do it. Do it. Give them a call. What are you waiting for? Lakes Region Fencing, Guilford, LRFence.com. LRFence.com. Glenn. Yes, Welcome. Indeed. Welcome aboard. Glad to be here. Glenn, tell me something. Sure thing. Why the hell are you even here today? <laughs> well, I'm here to promote my uh, show uh, opening at the Hatbox Theater. It'll be running uh, November 10th through the 19th. Fridays and Saturdays, 7.30 p.m. Sundays at 2.00. And, uh, yeah, it's at the uh, Old Steeplegate Mall, 270 yes. Loudon Road. Come My check us out. favorite theater. The name of the show is? The name of the show is Lungs. Yep. One word. One word, folks. You got it. We're going to peel all that back in a minute. But, Glenn, if you were going on a three-hour trip, would you be listening to audiobook or podcast or music? Probably a mix of music and podcast. No, that's too diplomatic. Ah, okay. Um, for three hours, probably podcast. I you get would. sick of music after about an hour. Are you like a uh, like, uh, detective kind of, or sports, <laughs> or what are you into podcasts? Um, I listen to some politics, but I also listen to uh, This American oh, Life, Radio Lab, um, this one called How Did This Get Made? Uh, I, <gasps> I listen to a Ooh, I would wide love variety. a show like that. Yeah. Is, that. is it really everything it sounds like it is? It's, um, they watch basically just terrible movies, whether oh. they're B-movies or um, just failures. <laughs> like Sci-Fi Theater 3000 or whatever that is? Very similar, yes, but in <laughs> podcast form. And they kind of, you know, rip on it. But also they, they congratulate actors who, you know, are putting their best into what is an otherwise doomed project. And they just really? have fun with it. Yeah, really? because they're actors themselves. So they have a respect for it. Um, I have as no well. respect. <laughs> we are on the lower rung here. Tell me something. Um, now, you and I have never met, so I'm, I'm – really interested in learning about 
how you even got interested in acting. And then I have some questions about um, your style. So sure. where did you get the hook from? Yeah, um, outside of a brief gig in second grade as Johnny Appleseed, I didn't really um, hmm. didn't really act until high school. Um, and I got talked into an audition by a friend of mine for the musical Camelot. And I had never intended to audition because I don't sing. Um, I still don't. I do karaoke these days. I've, I've found a new love for singing in later in life. I don't but know where to go with that one. Not too many musicals. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, after that, uh, I played King Pelinor in that show, which is like one of the only non-singing parts. So that was my in. And then the following fall, I did my second show. I auditioned for um, Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. And I actually wrote in my audition sheet, I would like to not have a large role because I wanted to focus on schoolwork and it was such a drain. And then the director calls me up and is like, how would you like to play Willie Loman? What? And I just uh, what? I fell in love with the language, though. During the audition, I was I was reading the speech about, you know, something about a diamond. Uh, I can't remember the exact words now, but I just I mean, it's Arthur Miller. The, yeah. the, the prose is just impeccable. And so I fell in love. And uh, yeah, I just been doing it since went to college for it and everything. So you would obviously then you'd. You've strayed away from musicals as much as possible. Yeah, I've done a, I've done a handful, maybe three or four, and I would be more open to it these days. Like I said, I I, I found a love for singing uh, later in life after college, but at the time, sounds I sounds more knew like I shower singing. Though you said karaoke, that no, so I, I'm I, thinking I get really behind good behind closed doors kind of thing. You know, <laughs> no, a lot no. of drinks, dark bar. No, I get good compliments, but I'm I'm not going to be opening on Broadway anytime soon. I'm I'm well aware of my limits. I mm-hmm. think I would be a, a very solid supporting. Uh, character. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Where are you based out of? Uh, these days, Manchester. I've wow. quite a lot in uh, Portsmouth as well, yes. Uh, so, are you you live south of here, or are you, you traveled over to there to perform? Uh, no, I live down in Manchester, yes. You do. Mm-hmm. So, tell me something about this company called Bolt Cutter. Yes. Uh, it's a very intriguing name. Yes. Bolt Cutter Productions right. is the company responsible for producing lungs at the hat box opening this weekend yes are you are you a part of yes Bolt i am cutter i am the founder of you Bolt are cutter okay, yes. okay. So i am also uh i also wear a producer hat for this show um which is a challenge but uh i did not take on the directing role as well that is being taken on by the very capable Catherine stewart who is <sighs> an absolutely wonderful um director and playwright and uh she also works in documentary as well uh, films so um, yes, Bolt Cutter. It's a it's a brand new production company. This is our first production. Um, I've I've had a hand in uh, a numerous other production companies in the past, including uh, one called Strangers at Home uh, Productions. Uh, we we did a production called um, Seascape with Sharks and Dancer by the uh, playwright Ben Nigro. Um, we performed it in Portsmouth, and then we were both moving to New York uh, at the time, and so we remounted it actually uh, in Manhattan. You did. We did. Congratulations! Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, and that was that was a that was a heck of a. It, it's a similar uh, process to the one we did here for lungs. In that uh, the two of us, uh, me and this uh, wonderful actress by the name of Tana Sarois, uh, we we co-acted in it and also co-directed, co-produced, co-designed it as well. Um, this one. Uh, We'll get into the tech aspects or lack thereof with lungs, but yeah, um, yeah it's basically just the three of us. It's me, uh, Catherine Stewart, our director, who I've previously mentioned, and then the actress, Ashley Ristine, who is playing opposite me. Hmm. 
Are you aware that there's almost no information about you out on the interwebs? <laughs> I am aware, yes. You are, huh? Yeah, I was I was off social media, actually, entirely for huh. about five years. Huh. Um, it shows. Oh, I, no. <laughs> I went to look up about you, and I'm like, what? This guy's a ghost. What's yeah. going on here? You can find some old articles from <clears throat> 20 aughts. How would you describe your acting, uh, um, your persona? Are you, do you prefer drama? Are you somebody who loves comedy? Uh, do you uh, are you somebody who has to get the script like three months in advance, and you're just going to pour over it and do research for days? Uh, it's uh, you know I think I'm a jack of all trades yeah. when it really comes down to it. Um, when it comes to producing or directing, I definitely veer towards drama. Um, but I've done a wide variety of comedy. I've actually worked with uh, Dorks and Dungeons, the improv comedy troupe. You did? Uh, yep, I was one of the uh, core members for the first three or so years. Um, when they were still at the Players Ring and the uh, Seacoast Repertory Theater, they're at. They just closed out at the 3S Art Space uh, the other day. Actually, is my understanding. Dang. They're moving to a new space. But um, yeah, I also uh, I've done a handful of comedies. Um, actually, quite a few. Um, well, I've done you, a lot of Shakespeare. I, yeah, I run the gamut. If you just started Bolt Cutters, where who have you been performing with besides Dorks and? Dungeon. Sure. So uh, I performed quite a bit uh, over at the Players Ring, um, and then I was down in New York from 2013 to 2016, I believe. Um, and then I actually took quite a long hiatus, um, just trying to, you know, recharge my juices. Uh, mm. You know, New York can be very brutal, and I kind of became disillusioned with the art form for a little while, and I, I needed to take some time off to breathe and to refine why I was doing it. I can't imagine even how you would begin. Auditioning in some place like New York, because <laughs> I mean, if you're not, you know, equity or whatever, uh, how are you? Where are you finding all your? Uh, you hear the music? No, I do. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, hang on. We'll come back. We're gonna hand out the dance shoes. We're gonna dance ourselves away into a break, and we are one toke over the line, sweet Jesus. Yes, I am Ray Dudley, your host of NH Unscripted. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL. They're 1450 AM. Oh my God, I'm tongue-tied. 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com is the URL. Glenn Provo. Pro, pro, Provo. Pro. I mispronounced it for 20 years. That's <laughs> and it's his story. name. We're coming back. <laughs> Judge, here comes the judge. That's from Rowan and Martin's laughing. For those of you who um, aren't old enough, you are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. We are coming to you deep from within the bunkers of the WKXL Studios, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, and 101.9 FM for the happy, 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 happy souls ren, happy souls ren out there in Manchester. And if you want to find the archives of this show and all of the other great programming here, head on over later, www.nhtalkradio.com. Glenn Provo is in the studio with me. We are about to engage in a conversation about a production he's in at the Hatbox Studio at the Steeplegate Mall. What was the Steeplegate Mall? God only knows what it's going to be shortly, but um, called Lungs. 
Uh, but before we get into that, Glenn, do you, do you prefer the the uh, player's ring as opposed to, like, say, because the player's uh, – I'm asking me. As opposed to a proscenium? Yes, or? thank you. Yes. Um, my, my preference is definitely for those more intimate spaces. Yeah. I, I, I just love the immediacy of it, and you can get away with so many more – subtle facial expressions and quieter moments in those spaces yeah. that you know don't require you to project nearly as much for you know the back audience at all no. never mind as much oh my mm. god i mean you could almost if you had a long enough stick you could touch someone in the back exactly row. Yeah. i love the players ring and i do like the hat mm-hmm. box as well um for those same reasons man i give yep. i'll take it all day long yeah very intimacy. similar spaces yeah you can you can catch every teardrop you can mm-hmm. see every bead of sweat my Gosh, man, I just love it. Um, how did you guys come up with uh, Lungs? Oh, uh, the show was actually written by a UK playwright by the name of Duncan McMillan. Um, I believe 2011. Um, yeah, but uh, I actually read this show over a decade ago, and I was just blown away by the by the prose, the writing. It's 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 just electric, and it's um, it's so deeply realistic. Um, uh, Ashley and I have actually we commiserated the other day about how difficult it is to memorize this script. Um, we've had shows with more lines in them, certainly, but the way that it's written is so kinetic. There are times where we'll cut off each other's sentences. Very often, we'll have sentence fragments. It's just, it's almost uh, in mammoth-like, yeah, David yeah. Mammoth-like, in the way that you know the dialogue is just hyper-realistic and it has those little eccentricities that you don't often find in. Um, either play or movie writing. Um, and there are even longer segments where we'll be talking right over each other, like saying monologues at the exact same time, just, you know, in one of those lover's quarrels that just explodes every once in a while. So, so. how did you come about it? Have you seen it before? Uh, no, I have never actually seen it. Um, I was given it to a friend, and, uh, you know, I, I, ha- I came up in college with a love of uh, Samuel Beckett mm. and uh, other minimalists, and... Um, one of the hooks of this play that we haven't gotten quite into yet is the fact that it's two actors on a bare stage. There are no props, no set, there's no lighting changes, and no costume changes. It's about 90 to 100 minutes, and it's just two actors. Um, and straight it goes through? through. Straight through. No breaks. Wow. No intermission. Um, so it's a, it's a daunting challenge, but it's also it's exciting because it forces you not to hide behind any tricks or any devices. It's just you got to be very honest and connected to your acting partner. It's just raw and pure and exactly what I love. So how long did it take you to adapt to that? Because that's that's a little bit of heavy lifting there, just two people on stage for 90 minutes. For sure. Um, Yeah, and there's not even any, you know, miming. Uh, it very specifically says that in the uh, show notes at the top. It does? So, yep. So, you know, there are times when we'll be, uh, quote unquote, eating food, and it's like we're not lifting an imaginary fork to our mouths. It's just understood that it's happening somewhere in the background, but we're focused more on the conversation that we're having, and that's the real focus, both of the writing and our production. Um, as to how to adjust to it, um, yeah, it was uh, it was certainly, certainly a challenge, but... Um, you know, I, I feel just absolutely blessed by the team that I ended up with. I actually had never spoken to Ashley previous to June of this year. I reached out to her on the recommendation of a friend. I went to see her in another production at the Players Ring, uh, The Stands uh, by Jack Neary. 
And uh, yeah, we we connected. We did a callback. We actually grabbed some tacos together just to get to know each other. And uh, yeah, the vibes right from the start were immaculate. She is just a lovely performer and human being. I cannot say uh, enough nice things about her. Just absolutely fearless in her commitment to this project. Ooh, fearless, fearless. Mm. There's an interesting choice of words. Why did you use that one? What what can you, without giving too much away? I don't know if you can or not, but you specifically chose fearless. Is there something happening in here that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Has to do with the emotional brutality of the show. It definitely goes to some very real places um, towards the end. Um, but also, there is. Um, I mean, this is the story of a couple and their life together, and. Um, it basically tracks their decision whether or not to have a child in the age of climate collapse. And so it's a very heavy subject matter. But obviously in portraying a couple, you know, there are intimate scenes. And with somebody you've never met before, that can be a touchy subject. But she has been um, absolutely gracious and generous. And, um, yeah, it's. I think we formed a real connection and uh, both as friends and as performers. And, uh, yeah. Um, what do you think would, was the most difficult thing you had to overcome to, put up, to get the play up on its feet? Right. Um, geez, I think... I mean, it was just smooth sailing? Or, I mean, just... Honestly, it, it yeah. has been, surprisingly. Really? Um, yeah. And uh, again, I credit that a lot to both Ashley and to Catherine. Um, and, I mean, to myself as well, but I don't want to pat myself on the back too much. Go ahead. It's um, just you and me. Well, go ahead. <laughs> no, but I've um, I've certainly performed in enough uh, capacities to have a comfort level with everything in the show, whether it's comedic, dramatic. Um, but, yeah, I'd say, gosh, what are one of the most difficult things? I think one of the most difficult things was just how to... How to vary the action and the blocking without becoming contrived. There are times where we take it abstract, and there are times where we've tried to do that, and we're like, this isn't working. We're, we're distracting away from the story right now. You mean um, like so, overperforming? Uh, how, um, how would you describe what, what you're talking about? Sure. Uh, for instance, there's one part where we're, we're going back and forth, and time is passing very quickly. Um, just as an example, there's a, there's a line very early on in the play where she feels overwhelmed, and she says, you know, I need a minute to think. I'm going to take a walk. And I say, okay. And then the very next line is, what's wrong? And I said, you said 10 minutes. She says, I needed to think. It's pitch dark, you stink of cigarettes. So in that moment, hours have passed. Dang. And so throughout the play, that happens where it just it snaps right through. Um, Will the so, audience pick that up? Or yes. Is it, yeah? there's, there's more than enough context clues. And we've, we've inserted you know, physical bits um, to indicate those shifts. Um, I think it's quite clear. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, there's, just as an example, there's one part where, you know, that's happening rather quickly, and we're basically just walking in circles around the around the uh, the space to show kind of the distance and the estrangement between us. Mm -hmm. Whereas for a lot of the play, we're just, you know, right in it together, and even when we're disagreeing, we're doing so, you know, uh, with love and with um, with empathy. But, you know, um, there, there are very select moments where we're doing that. Yeah. And then other moments where we're, we're very quite literal. And it's just, you know, um, you know, if we're sitting down, we're sitting down right on the stage. Yeah. So it's a, it, it, was, it was tricky finding the mix of that that made sense to best tell the story. 
How do you think, I know you, you can't really speak for Catherine, but mm-hmm. what do you think as a director was her most difficult thing to get across to you guys? Mm. Because you can't really see each other. We know as actors, you know, we like to think that we're doing it perfect, mm-hmm. but we do need some outside influence to go, hold on, no, no, wait, this isn't translating very well to the audience. Do you think there were, she found moments like that where it, it actually changed the way the dynamics between the two of you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she's um, uh, she is she is a wonder and a marvel. Really. She looks in all the pictures I see. She looks like she's having a ball directing. Oh yes. Um, no, she's she's just lovely. And um, I would say that she has a very opposite directing style from myself. Um, if I might volunteer that, uh, I tend to be fairly prescriptive. I have you know a very set idea of like this needs to happen and this needs to happen. Nope, we need to sharpen that up. Let's do it again. Like, this needs to come in before that bit. Um, She's much more uh, soft-spoken and distanced and uh, intuitive and just emotionally intelligent. And she lets us – she suggests at times and then other times when she does have something that she definitely wants, you know, it's like, uh, you know, hey, maybe this won't work, but let's try it. Tell me how you feel. Um, she's just marvelous. Um, so much more allowing, collaborative. Yeah, much more organic, much more collaborative yeah. uh, than myself. <laughs> but yeah, she's, uh, yeah, I'm really, like I said, blessed to have the two of them. Glenn, mm-hmm. do you hear something? I do. I think that's the music for the next break. Here's your jazz gloves. Put them on. We're going to keep them nice and clean. Glenn and I are going to go make our manwich sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple more blocks coming back, but we're hungry. We're going to wave our little jazz hands out into the next break because we need to pay some bills. This is NH Unscripted. I am your happy-to-be-out-of-bed host, Ray Dudley, coming to you from the glacial studios of WKXL in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, and our archives at nhtalkradio.com. Glenn and I are coming back. I know we make you want to shout, throw your heels back and shout, throw your head back and shout because that's who we are. Yes. Yeah, the whole neighborhood wants to be out there shouting, kicking up their heels. Everybody loves NH Unscripted, of course. And they love me, your host, Ray Dudley. What can I say? Eh, It's a natural thing. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord. For those of you who like radios, 1450 on the AM band, 103.9 on the FM band, and in Manchester, 101.9. For those of you who have no idea what a radio is, you can find us at www.nhtalkradio.com. Yeah, yeah, we're into the 20s. Hey, we're eating cow tails and manwich sandwiches because those are the kind of folks we are. Glenn Provo is in the studio with me. We are dissecting. The upcoming production of Lungs taking place at the Hatbox Theater, opening Friday? Friday, Friday. November 10th. And going on? Until the 19th. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Friday, Saturday at 7.30, Sunday at 2. Excellent. I hate matinees. I think I've said that (laughs) once or twice on this station. But, well, I'll do anything. I'll do anything, I guess, if I have to act. Um, So why... 
did you choose to play? I did. You did. What What about it said to you, I, we have to do this? It, of all the plays out there, you're like, oh, of course. Why wouldn't we do this one? Yeah. Well, I think um, – actually, I listened to a separate podcast about this play. And one of the things they mentioned is that in 2011, you know, this couple, they're so focused on the environment and climate change. They seemed a little bit alarmist when this play first came out. But now in 2023, I think everybody's starting to notice, like – little things or little news stories that are popping up more and more. And so I think it's just a subject matter that a lot of people feel anxiety about. And so I think it's an important topic that's uh, worth exploring. And also, as I mentioned before, I just think the writing is absolutely dynamite. So is it like really two people having a conversation? Um, You mentioned at one point that a lot of times you're overlapping each other like real people do. Mm-hmm. And some playwrights cannot get that through their head. And so they have to have a full sentence with a period and then the next person can stop. <laughs> but there is, in real life, overlapping conversations. Yeah. And so is it, are you finding – will the audience find it to be just like that? I mean, not – Yeah, no, I think it's – I think it's um, – it's got a trueness to life that's not found in, uh, you know, there are very few times where we'll have this super eloquent, well thought out. I mean, not to say that the characters aren't articulate. They're very educated. But, um, yeah, there's times, uh, not to bash on them too much, but Aaron Sorkin in particular is known for these big monologues that save the day. And uh, there's nothing like that in this. It's, it's much more um, realistic in that sense. How, and, what's the time frame? Uh, is it is it a night? Is it a weekend? Mm. What for this couple? What, 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 uh, okay, all right. Yeah, no spoiler alerts. Um, yeah, it's uh, as I mentioned. Sometimes it's you know a matter of hours in between those shifts. Sometimes it's a matter of days or weeks. And then um, as the play progresses, um, up until the last few pages, I'd say there's at least a few years of difference. And then it goes through years, decades. Really? Yes. Really? 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 So in the space of 90 minutes or 100 minutes, we travel? Yeah, it's almost an entire lifetime. I mean, <gasps> we pick up with them already established as a couple, yeah. um, indeterminate age, but I would say maybe late 20s, early 30s. But um, yeah, and then it progresses until, um, you know, their seniorhood um, towards the very end of the play. Not to spoil too much. Uh, okay, so all right, we have to <laughs> stop there. We're going to put a tack oh. in that for a second. <laughs> so... You said there's no scene change, there's no props, there's no even costume changes. Are there costume changes? No. And you're going to go from, let's say, 30s years old age-wise to elderly? Yeah. I mean, it's at least decades, for sure. And we're going to believe it. You're going to pull that off. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. All right. That's a true actor. That's part of the magic. <laughs> no, that's why I love theater yeah. like this. You know, we're not, you know, theater can't ever compete with film in terms of, uh, you know, photorealism or production values. I think what it really comes down to is the emotional honesty. And um, I think it's a much more verbal or textual art form, whereas film is much more visual. And so you really got to just lean into that and uh, bring your truth to it. So how as an actor are you... Are, are you finding these moments where, okay, now I'm like, I don't know, 10 years older, 15 years old, 20 years older. And you, you obviously you have to adapt. Something has to change either right. verbally or physically in, in you mm. to portray that. You can't just say, oh, now I'm 80 and, you know, you're going to have to believe me. 
Um, to a certain extent, we do rely on the uh, suspension of disbelief. But um, at the end of the day, it's still the same person. Clay, come same on, character. you're supposed to say no, Ray. Yeah, I get out of Walker, no, and I'm like, I know, but you know, spray painting my hair. Why? No, this isn't this isn't the 39 steps where you're you know bringing in these <laughs> you know wild caricatures and broad physicalizations. It, it, ultimately, that's not what the play is about. It is about the connection, the relationship, the emotional truth, and. Um, yeah, just the ideas that are in within it. So is the audience going to come away at the end um, having, is there some finality or, or is it kind of still open-ended? The whole, whatever they start off discussing, like we're, I'm guessing based on what I've read, mm-hmm. it's about having a child. In this mm-hmm. Okay, if it takes these years, does the audience come away with some conclusion that they resolved their issues? Um, I mean, ten years later, way, you yes. either had a baby or you didn't. Yes, yes. No, there is a there is a very definite conclusion. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, right? I, if I got biology right, gosh, I don't want to spoil the ending, though. Gosh, oh, it's so good. Okay, I got him. Um, but no, it's hooked. um, <laughs> he's hooked. No, I I think the audience is going to come away if we've done our job absolutely gobsmacked. I think we've got something real on our hands here. It's something really special we've created. Did you not use the term extreme brutality? No, you said emotional, emotional brutality. Brutality. Yes. <laughs> See, you thought I wasn't going to pick that up. Oh, you thought, yeah. oh, this guy, he hasn't had his maple yet. I'm going to slide that one right by him. Emotional brutality. Yeah. That evokes some um, interesting thoughts. Sure. Why don't you open that up for us a little bit? What do you mean by that? What will the audience experience hmm. up, uh, based on this emotional brutality that takes place. Sure. Um, did you see uh, Virginia Woolf up there? At, I did. Okay, yeah. that's emotional brutality. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. Is it similar to that? In some ways, yes. In some ways, very different. You've um, got to help me out here, Glenn. No, I'm going to get there. All right, that's, all right. That's my introduction. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to leave you on the line I'm here. waiting patiently. No, mm-hmm. I'm going to feed mm-hmm. you like a baby bird. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think I would say the difference is that we see at this play begins very much in the middle of their relationship, whereas that one ends almost past the end of it. I mean, it's it's curdled, it's withered, it's desiccated, it's dead. It should have ended. He knows all the adjectives. You read your thesaurus today, didn't you? I I, I consider myself okay. a man of words. <laughs> um, but no, this play, I was actually shocked in the early stages of the rehearsal process at how much fun we were having because I know where it ends up in certain aspects and it gets very real. But at the beginning... You really do get a large space of time to get to know these people and see why they are together and why they love each other and how they love each other. And it's it was so much fun to explore that and really, um, you know, explore the humor and the charm of these people, too. Um, and I think in Virginia Woolf, you don't get as much of that where you don't understand why these people are together. Yeah. I, I, towards the end, um, Martha has some wonderful monologues where she describes, you know, her and George's courtship. Um, I'm very familiar with that play. It's it's wonderful. It's a masterpiece. I think yeah. it won the, um, not the Nobel, what is it, the Pulitzer. But um, unless I'm mistaken, then I could be. But I'll just yeah. nod. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with it. Whatever you say, Glenn. It won, it won an award. Sure, it's, it's, it's pretty well known. At least something. It won I think something. There's a, I think there's a Wikipedia article about <laughs> it you can read up. Um, no, but I, I think this play, yeah, I think... But I think for the fact that it does establish that and you get to feel the love between these two characters, I think when things get difficult, it 
it resonates that much more because you want it to work out. And when it starts to fracture, it's you feel that pain with them. Um, whereas in Virginia Woolf, for all its merits, I feel like because it starts so far into it, um, it has less connective weight. Although I think it has I get a, a perfect uh, effectiveness at what it's doing in that very different play. Yeah. Tell me about, there are photos out there of the two of you, yes. you and uh, Ash, Ashley, correct? Ashley Rustine. Um It seems as though there are times when the play would get very intimate. Mm -hmm. Was there any difficulty in, in before either of you in, in taking on intimacy? Because some actors just don't have it. Right. They're, they're very cold. Yeah. Um, um, was there anything going on there? Was it an easy sell? No. Uh, well, it seems like we'll have to wait for that after the break. He but, um, caught the music. Yeah, I sure did. I'm learning. You know what Quick that study. means, folks. Time to make the fried bologna sandwiches. Yes, yes. <laughs> Glenn and I are here. We got our tap dance shoes on. We got our white jazz gloved hands going. We are heading over to the fryer later, baby, to cook up some fried bologna. I like mine with the chips smashed in the little sand. Anyway, you are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your happy-to-be-out-of-bed host, Ray Dudley, coming to you from the Taj Mahal-like digs of WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord. Oh, you great souls in Manchester are finding us on 101.9. And we are also out on the interwebs at nhtalkradio.com. Glenn and I are coming back. Block D coming up. going on around here, Baba Louie. Glenn and I are doing all the finning ourselves. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. Getting, I think, handsomer by the second, but Glenn won't tell me. <laughs> you are listening to us coming to you from the... the um, I'm going to call it the YMCA-like digs today. It smells like chlorine, like someone's been bleaching the place. WKXL Studios in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and all of this show's archives, plus the other great program here at WKXL, can be found at nhtalkradio.com. You can go up there in a few minutes. Hang on. Glenn's about to tell me something important. We're talking about intimacy in theater, especially in uh, Glenn's show coming up, Lungs. Take me on that trip. Sure. Um, I think first to kind of segue into it, I'll backtrack to that hiatus I mentioned. So, yeah, I, I stepped away from theater a bit back in 2016, but I've done a few shows since then. Arcadia at the Hatbox back in 2017, I believe. I did Shipwrecked with Theater Kapow. Oh, I've worked wow. with them uh, quite a bit. Uh, that was in 2019. And I've also done um, numerous readings with uh, Seven Stages Shakespeare Company over in um, – uh, Portsmouth, uh, a lot of their Shakespeareans play readings, which are just a blast. <laughs> but um, that's all to say that you know I was 
you know, dipping my toe back in and out, but um, I missed this kind of revolution in intimacy direction that has hit the theater since, uh, you know, the Me Too movement hit. And so I found myself a little flat-footed at the beginning of this process. And um, we set up an intimacy director to come in uh, on this production. Unfortunately, she had to back out before we started due to schedule conflicts and location conflicts, yada, yada, yada. Thankfully and luckily, Catherine Stewart has some experience with that um, with that field, and Ashley Ristein has also worked with intimacy directors in the past. So I deferred to them a lot, and um, yeah, they walked us through the exercises in terms of creating very clear boundaries, you know, no-go zones on each other's bodies, and just being very forthright about it, what we're comfortable with, and constantly checking in throughout the process, whether that's at the beginning, middle, or end of rehearsal. And um, yeah, they really walked me through the steps, and I was I was very conscious of that, um, and allowed them to take the lead. Um, I actually insisted that they do so, uh, both as you know the only I kept bringing it up the only straight white male in the production, um, and also as the producer. There's you know not so much of a power imbalance at this stage of community theater, but it still exists, and I was very conscious of that, and I very much did not want to pressure anybody into something that they weren't comfortable with. You- and so it, it really comes down to communication and trust. And again, um, Ashley, you know, gave that to me very, um, very obligingly. She's just, uh, like I said, fearless. And um, I thank her for it. And we've just been professionals about it and very, very open and communicative about where we want to go and what we're willing to do. When you saw her on stage, mm-hmm. um, what was it about her performance that particularly grabbed you and said, oh, okay, this this is the person who I think can make this happen. So when I saw her on stage, she was, um, it was actually after I saw her on stage that I like started to put it together because she was playing a very different character. It was, um, she was kind of a very waspy psychologist who was very, um, you know, dressed up um, and very direct um, and elevated. Um, and so it wasn't a perfect fit for this role, but I was like, okay, she's performing this character well. And then I saw her after the production, and this was my first introduction to her, and she was a completely different person, just oh. an absolute metamorphosis. And she has she has an extremely kinetic energy, which I think lends itself to this role, because the, uh, the roles are basically delineated as M and W for man and woman. They, don't, are, they aren't given names within the show. Um, but W is an extremely anxious person. She actually very early on in the show has this three-page behemoth of a monologue that is just go, 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 sentence fragments, these ideas half form, and then she repeats herself, she corrects herself. It's it's all over the place. It's an absolutely tour de force. Um, but yeah, she has that very natural energy, which I said, oh, this is, this is the character. Um, and that's proven to be uh, the case throughout this process. She's uh, absolutely incredible. In this huh. Before we get too far and mm-hmm. we miss the chance, why don't you give me the dates again, the times, absolutely. and uh, the name of the show again? Sure. The show is Lungs. It was written by Duncan McMillan. Uh, it will be performed at the Hatbox Theater at 270 Loudon Road, uh, otherwise known as the Steeplegate Mall, right across the road from the 99 Bar and Grill. It is running from November 10th through the 19th, Fridays and Saturdays at 7.30 and Sundays at 2 p.m. Did you were there any difficulties in in putting it up over wait first of all you would where were you rehearsing 
You had to find the place, didn't you? I mean, yeah, no, that was a challenge. <clears throat> yeah. um, actually, we ended up rehearsing, of all places, way over in Newburyport, Mass, at this place called The Dance Place, um, which um, they have a relationship with a group called Theater in the Open, which mostly does Shakespeare and classics. Um, I'm familiar with them uh, very tangentially. I've worked with Teddy Speck, their artistic director, through Seven Stages. He is an absolute marvel as well. But um, Ashley also grew up knowing the um, the founder of the dance place, uh, Fontaine Dubuse, I believe, D-U-B-U-S. Okay, I can't I, say your last name, so I know, that's fine. she'll have to forgive me. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Fontaine. She's been lovely. But um, yeah, Catherine is actually based out of Portsmouth and Ashley out of Peabody, Mass. So we had to triangulate and find a place where we could all meet. And since they're coming up to Concord, that's like a longer commute, I was perfectly willing to go to Newburyport and to meet them in the middle. Wait, so that's where we ended she's up. She's from Peabody? Peabody, Mass. Yeah, but she does quite a bit in Portsmouth, and she's dabbled around Northern Mass and all over. She's very dedicated. I'm thinking a half hour away from my house is a long time <laughs> to go to, to audition yeah. or rehearse. She's coming up yeah. from Peabody? Surprisingly, it's only about an hour. Um, I don't know exactly which road, but it's it's not as bad as it sounds, but it's it's right. No, a it track. is. It's, it's, a, a, it's, a, it's as bad as it sounds. Hey, I went to Manchester to Portsmouth quite a bit back in the day, so I'm, I'm familiar with it. But. Good grief. Um, so what do you think the audience... What are you hoping the audience will take away from this? And have you had any feedback from like anybody watching it who's obviously not in it, you know, like Andrew or somebody um, and getting some feedback on whether it's working? We're actually having some people come to the tech rehearsal tonight. Um, so we'll get a little bit of that. It's uh, mostly the cast of The Flick over at NHTP in Portsmouth. Um, their run is concurrent with ours, so they would not be able to see it otherwise. So, um, you know, we extended to them, hey, if you want to check it out, we'll you know, open up our tech rehearsal to you, and uh, that'll give us some early feedback. Other than that, um, the photographer who took the uh, shots that you mentioned, Dan Derby, who's outrageously talented and gracious, um, he he gave us a little, you know a pat on the back, and also one of the dance teachers at the dance place would sometimes come in to grab some props for. Her. She teaches dance to you know little ones, you know four to six years old, and so she comes into our space, and so she's caught little bits of dialogue, and you know she'll stop us with comments like, "Oh my God, as a mother, this part rings so true." Let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, that's what you want to hear. Exactly. No, we, um, and Catherine herself is you know she's um. She's uh, she's very sharp, and so she would tell us if we're not like. I mean, there are times where we had the electricity early on, and it was just easy. And then there are other times where she's like, "I'm not feeling this," and she'd be very direct about that. And you know, we're professionals; I can take that. And it's like, yeah, I kind of agree. I don't know what's missing, so let's let's work through it. You know, and then you do, and you find it, and then bam, it's magic. Okay, that fascinates me. That yeah. fascinates me sure. because. There are there are people. Let's be honest. There are people who would first of all never know it's not working, mm. uh, just because they they don't. And um, there are those who can recognize it but not know how to get out of it or not. Right. You know, and it can be anything. I don't I don't know if people really understand that. Um, just a change of venue, a change of pacing, a mm -hmm. change of of even just distance apart. Anything like that can alter that dynamic. Whether you raise your voice or lower your voice, whether you just simply pause and don't say anything, for sure, a lot of those little tiny things can alter the way a conversation takes place. I mean, it's natural, but mm -hmm. you don't think about it, you know. Um, so, what, were you finding moments like that throughout the production? You, you mentioned that she said, you know, like this isn't working for me. But are there other places where you're like, oh, and it just 
literally changed the whole way you saw the scene? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, even there were times this where... This show writes itself. Why am I here? <laughs> no, I think it just comes from very early on, both of us as performers were just dedicated to the honesty of the piece, um, it doesn't give you any place to hide. You know, like I said, there's no props. There's no, oh, I'm going to go over here to the bar and fix a drink and do this and that. Um, there's no business. And so you just have to be absolutely dialed in the whole time. Man. And so you get used to that. And there were times where Ashley would throw me a humongous curveball in terms of whether it's the blocking or the line delivery. And, uh, you know, you just have to be truthful and take it in stride and say, okay. Uh, what do I do with that now? Oh my God, that's powerful. Yeah, because it really it. Oh, it. You know, every now and then you hear somebody who will say, "If you're acting with that person, they're going to give you a lot to work with," mm-hmm. and that to me is fascinating. Yeah, that means that person has this whole range, right, that they can draw from, yeah. and that they're willing to just not overshadow you. You know, yeah. that they they really they know that for the sake of that scene. That it, they have to either kind of fold away and let you come through a little bit more. Um, that give and take is powerful. Yeah, and like I said, I, I ended up with a dream team. I I don't know how or why, but I'm infinitely grateful. For how did it. you find Catherine? Catherine, I actually I mentioned Arcadia back in 2017. I played a very small role in that. Uh, somebody had dropped out. I ended up playing Captain Bryce. He's got like 12 lines, but um, yeah, I jumped into that and I had worked with her and I thought she was incredibly intelligent. And so um, when it came time to find somebody for this, I reached out to see if she was game, and I was um, lucky enough to have her. And it turns out it turned out better than I could have ever imagined because that small experience with her did not prepare me for how incredible she is as a artistic force. Glenn, thank you, thank you, thank you. You hear the music. I do. You know what that means. It means we're Time done. for the fried bologna sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Glenn Provo from the upcoming show Lungs at the Steeplegate Mall, the Hatbox Theater. This weekend it opens, this weekend and next weekend. Oh, you are listening to NH Unscripted. We are coming to you for high from atop the studios of WKXL in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and in Manchester, 101.9 FM as well. Hey, we're out on the interwebs. You can go there now, nhtalkradio.com. Glenn, thank you. Break a leg, buddy. Break a leg. Thank you. I it's hope been a pleasure. You know, I'm going to be out there. I hope so. Mm. We'll be back next week.